Welcome to the Be About Being Better podcast, where we help people make evidence-based, sustainable, small changes for their health that compound into huge shifts towards a better, more vibrant life. I'm your host, Abby Stacier, a health and life coach, future registered dietitian, a master's graduate from Columbia University, and a certified intuitive eating counselor. And I believe that we can't make lasting or meaningful change single-handedly, so I'm so happy that you're here so that together you can see that a diet-free, sustainable lifestyle is possible, and you can leverage that to live a better life. And remember my disclaimer, this podcast is meant to give you general information and it's not meant to substitute or replace medical advice, a diagnosis, or service treatment. Hello, hello, y'all. Welcome back to the Be About Being Better podcast. I am so excited for this episode because we are just going to literally rapid fire several things that you need to do and steps that you need to be taking in your 20s and 30s to optimize your health. This is very serious. And these are things that we don't always think about, we don't always talk about. I mean, some of the things I specifically talk about towards the end, but I think especially these first two don't get talked about enough. And it is so, so important that we are doing these things in our 20s and 30s to really set a strong foundation that we can use as a launch pad into the rest of our lives to create more longevity, to create more vibrancy, to live a better life and to have a wider impact and just to be around longer. All of this starts in our 20s and 30s. So we'll dive into it. Speaking of health in your 20s and 30s, I wanted to give a little bit of an update. Um, I don't, I haven't told this story yet on the podcast, but I think a lot of you listening know that I have a bone tumor and um, I have an update on my bone tumor. I was finally able to get in with an orthopedic oncologist here in Nashville. It takes like forever and a day to get in with a doctor here. So that's why I wanted to quickly retell this story before we dive in because I have updates um, and I got my recent scans. So it's been a top of mind. So during COVID, this was two years ago now at this point, I was literally on a hinge date, LOL, and I slipped in, um, I was at his apartment, I slipped in his apartment in my socks, and I literally broke my leg. Um, <laughs> literally broke my leg, and the whole night, I'm like trying to play it off, like so cool, like, oh, I'm fine. He's like, are you okay? Like, do we need to go to the hospital? I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm just going to like take some Advil. I just like, you know, twisted my knee a little bit. I'll be fine. No, I legitimately heard a crack and I like blacked out for a second when I fell down. Like I I knew I had broken a bone or done something serious, but just trying to play it off all nonchalant. Anyway, so the next day I go to urgent care. They do, first of all, they were like, I had a ski trip planned with this guy. Like, uh, Yikes. So this man was, the ski trip was canceled. I was not meant to go on a ski trip with this man. And he was going to like meet my family at this time. Um, this was the guy right before my like most recent ex, which is, anyway, we were just not meant to be. So I feel like me breaking my leg was honestly perfect timing. God's timing is always right. So I go to urgent care the next day and I was like, Hey, do you think I'll still be able to go on this ski trip? I don't know if I broke my leg or not. And they were like, well, can you put some weight on it? So I you know, put some weight on it and it hurt, but they were like, oh, you should be fine to go ski next week. You can put weight on it. And then they were literally going to send me out of urgent care and just to go skiing. 
so I good thing I advocated for myself. I'm like, um, do you mind doing an X-ray or something like that? And they were like, oh, yeah, I guess we could do an X-ray. What? Anyway, I don't want to. Sometimes with these urgent cares, y'all, you really got to advocate for yourself. So I do the scan. The guy comes back five minutes later. He's like, yeah, you you broke your leg. <laughs> I'm like, okay, good thing we did the x-ray. Hello. Now, I don't know if it's just a New York City urgent care thing or if this is for every urgent care, but at least for this urgent care in New York City, for anyone that breaks their bone, they have to make them an appointment to see a specialist to get repeat scans and another appointment. They can't follow you for care in urgent care. So they set me up with an orthopedic person at Mount Sinai. So I go in for that appointment a couple days later and they do repeat x-rays and like three people walk into the room after my x-rays. It's two different doctors and a med student, which it's a teaching hospital. So there's always kind of extra students like lingering around. And so they tell me that they see something suspicious on my x-ray. They want me to get an MRI and they think it looks like a bone lesion. I'm like, what's a bone lesion? Like, I don't understand. Like when I think lesion, I think like skin scab or like leprosy. And I'm like thinking to myself, maybe I'm just spending too much time reading the Bible about people with leprosy. Like, I don't know. So I kept trying to ask them, I'm like, what do you mean by lesion? And they kept using the word lesion. They couldn't find another word to describe. But now in hindsight, I know that he was avoiding using the word tumor to not freak me out. But, you know, jokes on them because they literally left the room after that. They're like, we're going to need an MRI, something suspicious on your x-ray. They leave the room. They leave the door open and then start talking about me outside. And the med students like, hey, doc, let's, do you think that it's osteosarcoma? And so I'm freaking out because that's bone cancer. And the doctor was like, well, it's too soon to tell. She'll need an MRI. So I'm hearing all of this because the door is open. Like this is like healthcare 101. Make sure when you're talking about the patient, they're not within earshot. Hello. So I'm freaking out. I'm sweating. I'm starting to cry. I go home and I Google everything about osteosarcoma. And I think my leg's going to get amputated because it's kind of, I don't want to say common, but for that type of bone cancer, it, it, it comes up when you're younger. Like Yes, you can get osteosarcoma as an adult, but it there are a lot of like kind of juvenile young adult type cases. So if I was going to get a cancer, a bone cancer would be one for my age group that we could get. So I'm literally freaking out thinking that I have bone cancer because this doctor and the med student neglected to close the door, but also they couldn't find a way to take the medical terminology and relay it to the patient in colloquial terms. This is a problem. This is a problem in the medical community, but that's not what this talk is about. Anyway, so we do the MRI. I do have a bone tumor. It's right below my knee in my fibula. So not in my shin, but in the bone that's to the right of my shin. And to this day, it has never been biopsied. It's very difficult to do a needle biopsy because it's literally in my bone. But also there's a nerve, the nerve that helps you flex and point your foot goes right over where the tumor is. So if they did a needle biopsy, it would 
potentially hit that nerve and then I wouldn't be able to flex or point my foot again. And to do the surgery, so basically if I was going to get a biopsy, they would just need to put me under anesthesia, like open me up, do the full thing. And at that point, they're like, well, we'll just take it out at that point and then biopsy it after. Um, but that's risky too, because again, that nerve that helps you flex and point your foot is right there and they would have to move it out of the way during surgery. So they're like, there's a risk that you might not be able to like flex or point your foot again. And we're pretty sure they're like, we're like 95% sure that this is benign. So you could probably live with this, but we should probably take it out. So the doctor at Mount Sinai was like rushing me to surgery. I had a surgical date ready to get this taken out. And my parents were like, whoa, 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 let's get a second opinion. So then I get a second opinion with another doctor at another hospital. And he was like, oh, I would never operate on that. Literally, I have a surgical date for the next week. And this other doctor's like, I would never touch that with a nine and a half foot pole, would never operate on that because it's probably benign. So after your fracture heals, you could probably just live with it. Anyway, so- I have one person that's rushing me to surgery. One person said they would never do that. What would be your logical thing to do next? Wouldn't you, the next step be to get a third opinion to kind of break the tie? That's where my mind was going. My parents were like, no, nah, we're good. We're just going to go with the one that says we don't need to operate because they were scared, which is understandable. But for me, I'm like, I need to get a third opinion. So I went like undercover, like my family did not want me to get a third opinion. I went undercover, like didn't tell anyone that I was making an appointment at Columbia Presbyterian. I saw another doctor and she was just, she was a fabulous orthopedic oncologist. I love that she was a woman and she explained everything to me. And she said, you know, tumor doesn't necessarily mean cancer. Tumor can kind of be this catch-all term for what we don't, what we don't, something, some sort of mass, but we don't really know what it is yet. And I was like, why wasn't that explained to me by anybody else? So that was nice. But she said, look, it's probably benign. Don't operate right away. You could probably live with this, wait for your fracture to heal and just go from there. So that's what I've been doing. And then from you know moving from New York to Nashville, switching doctors, switching insurance, I just haven't been able to get in with another orthopedic oncologist. So I finally got in last week. They did a repeat scan and my tumor has gone unchanged now for two years. So since I discovered it, it's gone unchanged, which is amazing. And um, so they are suspecting that it definitely, nothing's definite because they said, yeah, it's like a two or 3% chance. Now before it was like maybe 5%. Now they're like, okay, because it hasn't changed in two years, we're thinking that it's either really, really slow growing or it's likely benign and maybe only like 2 or 3% malignant. So just keep getting scans every two years. I was like, wow, every two years I have to get, wow. And then they're like, yeah, after 10 years, you, if it hasn't changed, you could probably just stop getting scans because it's stable. So wow, like that was really encouraging to hear. And I've been able to resume exercise. Most days I don't even think about my bone tumor. I can walk, run, jump, go do ballet classes, just do all of the things in my life. And I'm just, I'm really, really grateful. So I know a lot of you don't know that story listening to this podcast, but a lot of you do because you were with, I was very open and transparent sharing my bone tumor story and my journey in the medical field um, at, when it was happening in real time. There just weren't any other updates to give it, you know, since then. So I appreciate all of the support. I appreciate the prayers. I know so many of you are praying for me. So I, I appreciate that. And um, so I wanted to give that update because I know some of you have 
maybe not been curious because if I'm not even thinking about the tumor every day, I'm sure y'all aren't even thinking about it. But um, anyway, I appreciate the prayers and just wanted to update y'all. But speaking of bone health, that is the perfect segue into our tips and our steps for optimizing our health in our 20s and 30s because we need to be optimizing our bone health. And this is especially so important in a world where everything is dairy-free and a lot of us aren't having a lot of dairy and we're choosing like oat milk and almond milk and soy milk, things like that. And we're having all these milk alternatives, we're not getting a lot of calcium. So it's important that when you are getting these dairy-free milks or even juice now, orange juice has like a fortified version where it has calcium and vitamin D infused in it and added back in. So I would definitely get you know, oat milk or almond milk that has vitamin D and calcium in it because that will help you. So because we're living in this dairy-free world and also because we're not really taught this, a lot of people are walking around. They might not be necessarily calcium deficient, but a lot of people are walking around vitamin D deficient. And vitamin D, as well as calcium, is so, so important for optimizing our bone health. And why optimizing our bone health is important for our 20s and 30s is because the strongest our bones will ever be, like we're always growing stronger bones as we're developing and aging, but we reach a peak in our late 20s, early 30s. And then from there, all of the strength in our bones, how dense they are, and just the health of our bones in our late 20s, early 30s, that's when it reaches a peak. It's only going down from there for the rest of our lives. So in our 20s, especially, we need to be doing everything that we can to maximize and optimize our bone health because it's going to reach a peak. And then that's what we got for the rest of our lives. So this is why. I'm sure some of you know that your grandparents and maybe even your parents now, but especially our grandparents are what we call a fall risk because they break their bones because they're falling all the time because they're weak and they don't have a lot of muscle, but it's also because they have weak bones. Like our bones, like osteoporosis, it means that you have bones that are porous. They have pores in their bones. So your bones, when you get older, if you don't take care of them in your 20s and 30s, end up looking like Swiss cheese. This is a problem. So how do we optimize our bone health in our 20s and 30s? When we need calcium, but we also need vitamin D. Vitamin D is important for so many things. It helps to strengthen our teeth. It also helps to strengthen our bones. And the way that it helps our bones is that it helps the body absorb and retain calcium and phosphorus. And we need calcium and phosphorus to build the bone and strengthen the bone. So if the vitamin D is helping to absorb that into the bone and help us to store it, we need the vitamin D. Vitamin D has so many other benefits as well. It improves our mood. It decreases inflammation. It helps improve glucose metabolism. So if you struggle with blood sugar, diabetes, you need to make sure that you're not vitamin D deficient because it helps to improve how glucose is metabolized and broken down in the body. It has neuromuscular and immune functions. So it will support your immune system. It will support your neuromuscular system. And it's also involved in cell growth as well. So it's just all around so amazing for all the processes in our body. And we do get vitamin D from sunlight. And 
when the sunlight hits our skin, that's when the reaction happens. And that's when vitamin D starts getting activated and we can absorb it. However, most of us are living in areas where we don't spend a lot of time outside. And you have to spend a significant time outside to get the vitamin D that that you need each day. And if I just went outside today, like I'm wearing long sleeves, I'm literally wearing a turtleneck right now, wearing sweatpants. If I went outside today, the only parts of my body where my skin is exposed is my hands and my face. That's literally it. That's not a lot of surface area for the sun to be hitting that to get enough vitamin. And I might even, like, I'm not even spending that much time outside today. I might walk to my car and walk back. I have to go grocery shopping, so I'll walk to and from my car, Trader Joe's. But like, that's about it. So with minimal skin exposure, so I don't have a lot of surface area and minimal time outside, I'm definitely not getting enough vitamin D. So it's important that we get our vitamin D levels checked so you see where you are and see how deficient you are. And it might be important to take a supplement. I think most people need to be on a supplement to make sure that we have enough adequate stores because you might be in a good range. Like you might have a vitamin D that's like 30, which is border, like it's, that's still in the normal range, but it's borderline low. And if you're less than 30, like if you're 20 or less, um, I think it's measured in like milligrams per deciliter. If you're like 20 or less, like that's very deficient. So you want to make sure that you get your levels checked. It's a simple blood test. Your PCP could do it. And then you can see, do you need some sort of supplement? And I'll link up in the show notes what supplement I use. It's a liquid version. I take, like I put one drop on my tongue. doesn't taste like anything. I put one drop on my tongue in the summer because I'm outside more and getting more sunlight. And then I take two drops of my tongue in the winter when I'm covered up more cold. I'm not spending as much time outside. So that's why vitamin D is important because it will help strengthen our bone health. And it's important to do everything that we can to optimize our bone health in our 20s and 30s because it's only going down from here. The next thing that we can do to optimize our health in our 20s and 30s is to put as much muscle on our body as possible. Number one, this is just going to increase your strength overall. And when you have more strength, you're more likely to go do things. You're more likely to go live your life and be active and just have more vibrancy and get out there, do live your life. When we're strong, when we feel weak, we're just not as motivated to do stuff. So it's important to put strength in our bodies. And I know a lot of us are family planning and want to have kids in the future. Well, the more muscle you have on your body, the more and the more, like the, whatever exercise routine you do before you get pregnant is the like max type of exercise or the max um, number of days. Exercise. Like that is the exercise that you can do while you are pregnant. So it's important to build up your strength and build up your exercise routine because whatever, like you can't do more when you're pregnant because that would put too much strain in you. But whatever your body is used to pre-pregnancy is what you can do while you're pregnant. So it's important to get your exercise routine up and, and building strength. And also your body will recover faster. Your body will rebound and just heal better and you will bounce back a bit faster after pregnancy with the more muscle you have on your body. And the more muscle you have on your body, 
the better your metabolism works. We burn more calories at rest. Our body is more efficient and we call this more thermodynamic. It's just working more efficiently. And it also helps to improve glucose metabolism. So if you struggle with diabetes, if that runs in your family, if you struggle with blood sugar, your muscle is able to take sugar or glucose in your blood and pull it into the muscle to use for energy. So it's not just hanging out in your blood, which we know when we have sugar that's hanging out in our blood too much, that is is harmful to our blood vessels and that can lead to diabetes and so many other things. So overall, having more muscle in your body is going to increase your longevity. It's going to improve your metabolism. It's going to increase your strength. It's going to help you rebound after kids. It's going to help you help improve your pregnancy course because to be to be able to build more muscle, you need to be exercising consistently, specifically doing some resistance training, lifting weights. No, lifting weights is not going to make you bulky. That's a common fear that a lot of women have specifically is that they think if I lift weights, then I will get bulky. You don't get bulky on accident. You have to eat to get that bulky. Like when you see like weightlifters or bodybuilders, the amount of calories that you have to eat to get a like you don't just get that body on accident. So do not worry about lifting weights leading to bulkiness because it's just not the case. Like y'all are not going to be eating like that. Trust me. And you just don't get that way on accident. It takes a lot. Like if you really study bodybuilders and look at their routines, maybe that comes up on your For You page or something, they are so intentional about what they're eating to match their workouts. Like that's just not what most people are doing. So you do not have to worry about that. But it's important that you are starting to lift weights to build muscle. And also know that building muscle takes time. So that's why we really need to start now. We need to start in our 20s because if we want to have more muscle, like it just takes a long time to build muscle. We got to start now. And in addition to that, there is a nutrition component um, to build more muscle and to make our workouts more effective. We need to be upping our protein. When I kind of audit people's nutrition when they're a client of mine in the Be About Being Better Academy, the biggest thing is that my clients typically when they start coming to me are not eating enough protein. I am like, protein, protein, protein. And if you've been through the academy, you know that I've worked on protein probably with you so much. I hope you're getting your protein in. But that's so important for building muscle and making our workouts more effective. Because if you're not eating enough and you're not getting enough protein, after your workout, your body will pull from your existing muscle and turn the protein from your existing muscle into glucose and energy to fuel yourself for your day and fuel yourself for your workout. So you could be working out, but if you're not eating to support your workouts, and I'm not saying eating like a bodybuilder, I'm just saying eating to meet your specific needs, which are definitely going to be less than a bodybuilder, you won't be pulling from your existing muscle. Like If you're working out but not eating to meet your needs, the workout becomes a wash. Almost becomes a waste because you're trying to build muscle with your workout, but you're not fueling yourself enough. So your body has to pull from the existing muscle that you have to then fuel you. So it's like you end up netting the same and not seeing any physiological changes or even losing muscle in the process. When you're taking time out of your day, your busy day to work out, you're trying to do a good thing, you have the best of intentions, but if you're not eating to support your workouts, it ends up kind of being a waste. So it's important that, yes, we're working out, yes, we're lifting weights, and we're also eating enough protein and eating enough calories so that we support our workouts and that the workouts are actually effective. So if you're not sure how much to eat, how much protein you specifically need, are you doing the right workouts to support your health 
and to build muscle. And the more muscle you have on your body, the leaner you're going to be, the tighter you're going to be. Your body composition change, you might stay the same weight. Some people lose weight, but a lot of people stay the same weight, but they just look leaner. People say, oh, a pound of muscle is the same as a pound of fat, or muscle weighs more than fat. That's what people say, that muscle weighs more than fat. However, that's not true. A pound of muscle is a pound of fat. They, they weigh the exact same. However, muscle is denser. So if you look at a pound of muscle and you look at a pound of fat, a pound of fat is going to take up more surface area. It's going to be bigger, where a pound of muscle is going to be denser and smaller, but they're going to weigh the same. A pound is a pound. So if you think of that in your body, like you are going to be leaner if you have more muscle on your body. So it changes your body composition. It might not change your weight because a pound is a pound. However, some people do lose weight. I don't know. Like everyone's body is different. But when the ratio of fat to muscle is changed because you are building more muscle, you will be leaner because muscle is denser. Hopefully that makes sense. DM me if you have any questions about that. And if you have questions on what type of workouts to do or how much protein you should be getting, and you're just not really sure if you're doing the right thing for you and your body to get to your goals to optimize your 20s and 30s, then you need to head to the show notes and take my quiz and see if the Be About Being Better Academy is for you. Those are the clients that I work with the most closely. I do audits on their nutrition. I customize their workouts. They have access to our workout app. I'm holding them accountable to doing the workouts. Like that's where we kind of, you get the works and you get me in your corner auditing your life and creating a personalized workout plan that works for the equipment that you have access to and the schedule that you have and making sure that you are eating to meet your nutrition needs and to support your workouts with the foods that you actually like without restricting yourself. So definitely if you're, if you have questions about this, definitely head to the show notes and sign up for the Academy. We have a few spots left for our next class. The next class that we're enrolling for is our June 2023 class. So we've got a couple spots left. Take the quiz, see if the Academy is for you. And, and let's get you some personalized supports so that you can optimize your 20s and 30s. The next thing that you need to do is you need to get your cycle right. Truly, y'all, if you do not have an optimized natural menstrual cycle, you do not know yourself fully. Birth control artificially changes your hormones to stop you from ovulating so that you're not fertile, right? It's birth control. And because it changes your hormones, your body's not functioning the way that it wants to and ultimately naturally wants to do. And Birth control has also been shown to change your mood and just change so many things about you that you – I'm trying to figure out how to explain this, but I have been on both ends of this spectrum where I have been on the pill for almost a decade, and now I have a regular cycle that's natural without any synthetic form of birth control in my body. And I feel so connected to my body now way more than I ever did on the pill. It's a different level of awareness, and I just feel so in tune with my body's cues. I feel the fluctuations of my hormones in each phase, and I just feel so connected to my body. And it really is a beautiful experience. And I just, I don't know how to, else to describe it, but I just feel like I know myself more and I feel more deeply. I have greater creativity, I have more authentic energy. I just feel fully alive and more myself 
and more in tune with my body. And this level of awareness and being in tap and in tune and in sync with myself was never available to me when I was on the pill. And I thought that I was tapping into, I thought I was my authentic self, but now having this difference, whoa. And also because birth control artificially changes your hormones and masks, and a lot of people go on birth control to fix or correct different adverse period symptoms, whether that's heavy bleeding or regular periods or cystic acne, nausea, vomiting, so many different things. However, it's just masking the problem. It's not actually getting to the root to fix it. So the longer that you go without addressing these underlying causes for hormone imbalances, which would be those adverse period symptoms because those aren't normal, the harder that these things are to treat and just the longer they're going untreated. And sometimes they can get worse the longer they go untreated. So if you have cystic acne and then you go on the pill to correct that, when you get off the pill, you might still have cystic acne because the pill wasn't getting to the root cause of why you were having cystic acne. It has been artificially changing your hormones to prevent that from happening. So we still need to fix it. So we need to dive into cycle syncing. So definitely help download my health tips for your cycle freebie. And you might need more personalized support with this. Like the freebie gives you the support on what to do in each cycle, but the academy will give you the personalized direction and what you need to do specifically and me in your corner and me holding you accountable and the just being in the community around other people that are doing this together so that you can ask your questions and get a more personalized experience. So the academy can help you with this. We got to get our cycle back. And especially if you want to be family planning, you got to get your cycle right now. Another thing that you have to get right now is healing your relationship with food. Yeah, I talk about this. Yeah, every episode is helping you with this. And so I encourage you to turn to other episodes that can help you heal your relationship with food. I won't dive into too much right now, but I think it's something that we need to take hold of and we need to optimize in our 20s and 30s because what do you want to be passing on to your kids? I think about the relationship with food that was passed on to me and this is why I'm in therapy. No, I mean, yes, but also other reasons. (laughs) So- I don't want to pass this the relationship that I had with food before I really started working on it and developed a non-diet approach and started intuitive eating and you know stopped all my disordered eating tendencies and diving into diet culture. Once I like what I had before, what I the relationship with food and the body image habits and the thoughts that I inherited and that was brought up, what I was brought up around, I do not want to pass that on to my kids. So I am so motivated to fix myself now, get stuff right now, so that when I have the opportunity to pass this on to other people in my life, whether that's my own kids or if you just want to be the cool aunt, like that's my sister. She's like, I don't want to have my own kids. I just want to be the cool aunt. Okay, great. She should still be motivated to heal her relationship with food so that when she gets around my future kids, She's not giving off all this toxic energy, right? Which my sister and I have talked about. And, you know, she has been working on this so much. I've been working so much on on this. And, like, nobody wants to be the reason why people end up having a bad relationship with food because they passed on poor habits, (laughs) right? So we got to get this right, yes, for ourselves. But also we need to have motivation outside of ourselves as well. So it's important to think about your legacy. And don't you want to pass on better habits? You don't want to have other people feel how you have felt if you grew up with like an almond mom or something like that. 
And it's also important to improve your body image for a lot of these same reasons. You know, I grew up in an environment where, you know, I love my mom to that. My mom is like my best friend. And with that, she would always make comments about her body saying like, oh, I'm so fat. Oh, look at me. Oh, I hate my arms. Oh, my stomach. Or, oh, you know, I, I should get Botox or, you know, something like that. And it, like, I'm taller than my mom. I weigh more than my mom. And I'm like thinking to myself, what is what does that say about me? If that's what you think about yourself, what does it say about me? Which she's not saying anything to me or about me directly, which I have clients that parents have said stuff to them directly and let, let them know it. And that is not good. It needs a lot of healing. And I, I just, I have so much compassion for that because it is so hard to have, especially a parent, somebody that loves you, say negative things about you. And that might be you listening to this right now. So we need to improve our body image so that we don't pass these things on. And we deserve to have better body image now. And especially if you are in like a premarital stage and you know that you want to get married down the line and you want to have kids down the line. Personally, I don't want to get to a place where I'm engaged and then I think, okay, now I need to start sweating for the wedding. Okay, now I need to get my shit together. Like, no, I'm getting my shit together for lack of a better word. Now, I'm single as a Pringle, but I am prepping for pregnancy now by putting more muscle on my body, healing my relationship with food, improving my body image, optimizing my cycle. And by optimizing and improving my body image now while I'm single, in a relationship, I'm not going to need their approval. I'm not going to need my partner's affirmation. Yeah, it'll be nice because it feels good to be affirmed and be like, hey, you look so good going on our date right now. Oh my gosh, you look so beautiful. That will be an added bonus, but I don't need that to fill the void because I am doing that for myself and I feel secure in my own body. And I know that when I get pregnant and I'm recovering from pregnancy and I'm in my postpartum era, I will have done all of this work on my body image to prep for that season. Like I'm not going to start working on my body image when I'm in that season. I'm working on it now so that I have better thoughts and a better attitude in that season. And especially even during pregnancy when our body changes so much. So it's important to be working on these things now earlier on. And you might already be, you know, listen to this, have kids, or you're already married. And you're like, oh, oh, boy, like a little late. No, you're never late. This is the perfect time. Timing is, is always perfect. So if you're hearing this message right now and you think, oh, I'm like late. No, you are not late. It is the perfect time. And if you're listening to this right now and you're like, oh, like I haven't started these life milestones yet. This is a, I hope that this serves as a wake-up call to not wait and to seize the moment now and to do what you can to heal your relationship with food, improve your body image, get your cycle right, start exercising consistently, specifically doing resistance training to get more muscle on your body and get some blood work. Let's see if we're deficient in anything. And you might be deficient in vitamin D. So there's things that we can be doing to optimizing our bone health so that we are not going to be like Swiss cheese grandmas in the nursing home later in life. Wow. <sighs> I hope that this resonated with you. Let me know on Instagram which one you're going to start with, whether that's the vitamin D or the putting more muscle on, getting your cycle right, healing your relationship with food, or improving your body image. I will also link in the show notes our episodes that specifically help with boosting your body image. We have had several so I'll link those up so those are easy access. And if you need personalized support with this, know that I have a few extra spots left for our be about our next be about being better academy class and I would love to coach you and I would love to to personalize 
your health blueprint for your 20s and 30s to optimize it for you specifically because everyone needs something a little different. Thanks for listening and I'll see you in the next episode. Hey y'all, thanks again for listening to the Be About Being Better podcast. I so appreciate you. If this episode made you laugh, smile, think about yourself or your life differently, in any way making your life better, I empower you to share the show with three people who, just like you, need to hear this message and have this type of transformation in their lives. I personally read all the reviews of the show and see the Instagram story shares and honestly gives me so much joy to see that our mission is making people's lives better and the reviews really do help in increasing our impact so thank you so much for taking the time to do that if you need personalized support with anything discussed in today's episode or need help creating a sustainable diet-free lifestyle take my quiz it's linked below in the show notes and that quiz will help you see which one of our coaching programs is right for you thank you so much again for listening and here's to being about being better